All right, y'all doing all right? Were you like worried sick going, where's Dan, where's Dan, where's Dan, right? Some of you, I'll take, I'll take it. Even if you're lying, I'll take it. Makes me feel good. Um, I was over at Awana. Uh, it was bring your dad, grandpa, or somebody to Awana night, and Maylee has begged me to go. She told me it was at the end of May, uh, so she had it right set, and then I found out this week it was tonight. So I was like, okay. Um, uh, Nick was glad to help jump in. Did you like his game? His cup cup game took a lot of, of skill and knowledge uh, to be able to do that. So, Nick, thank you. Did the game go well? Who won the game? Oh, that's why you like these type of games, huh? <laughs> did you win them both, or did you do t- two rounds? Or oh, who won the first round? John Parker. And you couldn't, like, sweep her legs and take it real quick or something, man? Come on, you're a wrestler. I've seen you wrestle. All right, good job. Um, for those um, that aren't, aren't uh, that f- physical skill type, don't worry. There's going to be a little game for you to jump into so you get your, your old edge feel tonight, okay? Are you good? Are, are you ready? Am I ready? Oh, we're going to pray real quick. All right, dear God, I thank you for the chance to be here uh, for each student and adult that's in this room. And Lord, we just ask right now that you will uh, prepare our hearts uh, to hear your truth. And Lord, when we hear your word, uh, Lord, may it sink in uh, and may we respond to it uh, in the appropriate way. Thank, thank you uh, for a great D-Now uh, time for us just to, to learn what it means to serve and uh, to serve for the sake of making your name great. And Lord, help those lessons that were, were taught in the midst of sleepless nights um, to uh, affect us for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you all have a good time at the D now? Yeah? Yeah? That was good. You know, I looked, I, I thought, man, this, this sort of got big. Last year we had 38 at the D now, uh, and this year we had 54 students. So that was a little bit of an increase. I was like, where did you all come from? So you came from here, evidently. Um, who wrote the book of Second Tim- Timothy? He wrote it too. Who was his son in the faith? Very good. You even got that. That good. Good. And and where was Paul? What what city was he in when he wrote it? What city was Tim, 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 Timothy in? Ephesus. Y'all got it. I heard it. Right. Good. Good. Good job. And and Paul was in what? He he was in jail. Last words. Okay. Is what he is a is sharing with his son in the faith. Um. I'm going to start off with a little story tonight. Is that okay? Is that all right? You know, uh, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I, I grew up, I, you could call it a quasi-Christian home if that. I was raised in Catholic school, so I, I've, I'd heard about Christ. I was raised in that school. We'd go to church each week, usually with the, with, with the school. I would go to church itself maybe uh, four times a year with my parents during various special days. Uh, but I would go each week with, with the school. Um, my my dad, if you've heard stories about my dad in here, my dad's a pretty neat man, uh, to say the least. He's He has um, done things uh, that many uh, folks would never have been a part of. He should have been killed a lot of those times, but he's not been. He survived. He's had a, his name on a hit list of someone who was wanting to kill him. I wasn't allowed to ride, ride with my dad in a car from age 8 to age 12. I did not know that. 
uh, I just knew, I just didn't get it. I was just always riding with mom. And then I found out my dad had his name on the hit list. Uh, so some weird things have occurred. He didn't kill anybody or anything. It was, it was just some weird stuff. Um, but my dad has always been a man, and he's not been, uh, you know, I wish I could say uh, he, he's a great man, man of faith in the church. And I, we were always in church together. We, we, we weren't. Um, but my dad has lived a life in a way uh, that, as I've been in the church, has um, been comparable to, to, to many who are in the church in the way they ought to live. Well, I've talked with my dad about his relationship with Christ, and gosh, you know, I just don't know. I've got to hope, hope in the Lord, and I, 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 I live out my faith with him. Good man, he, 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 if there's a need, he'll give, give to it without folks knowing, just sort of that type of man. He's always been a, a man I, I've uh, looked up to uh, in great ways and, and still do. And uh, just the way that he's loved my mom and the way that he treats all people uh, with a, a love and respect, it sort of has shown me how to be a man. So one thing a lot of boys long for, it's innate in us and, and girls too, I think, as well, but boys, you, you, you long for the approval of your dad. And my dad's always been a man of the earth. He's he built he built docks as a teenager. I was on the river all the time in the summer, help, helping build docks. When there was a boathouse that had been burned down because it had been struck by by lightning, I was the one that was sent on top because I, I was the light one at the age of ten to climb up twenty five feet uh, on this boathouse and see how how firm it was. And two times I fell all the way through. The good thing is you land in water with only a few boards falling on top of your head. But that was sort of my job. That was, but my dad was just this earthy, tough guy. After he built docks for a long time, then he, he raised quail and birds. And I used to go hunting with my dad all the time as a kid. And so he raised them to sell them. And he was just well-known throughout the southeast for what he's done. And he's led hunts at a ranch that is south of here for the past 20 years with uh, men, uh, big-name men that I could name them out to you. I've heard these names before. He's taught their sons to hunt. He's taught them, them to shoot guns and done all sorts of things. So he's just a, an earthy man. And I, rem- I remember at the age of 21 um, or 2, uh, I, I, I felt God call me to the ministry. Just one ministry. I'm tired. And um, he... God called me to it, and one of my biggest fears was talking to my dad about it. Because my dad's just this hands-working man. He's a man. And I'm like, hey, Dad, God's called me to, to serve in the church. Um, and it, it terrified me to sort of, because I, I, want, I wanted, there's a part of me that wanted, I just want my dad to approve of what I do with my life. I want to make him proud. And uh, that didn't stop me, though. And, and uh, my dad's not a man that talks much. I don't get a whole lot of... I love yous from my dad. I don't get hugs from my dad. But there's been rare times I've had them, and I, I cherish those times that they've come, but it's been very rare. And so we never really talked about it. I went to school, began to work for the church, and uh, inside I, I always wondered, man, what's my, what does my dad think about what I'm doing? I, I remember I'd been serving the church for about three years or four years, uh, and uh, I was at home, went, went by to see mom, Michelle and I had been, been married for just three years at the time, and, and uh, I re- remember um, my mom saying, hey, we were out with a bunch of friends last night, and she said, all your dad could do as they asked how you were doing was talk about how proud he was with the work that you were doing with youth, and that, that he said you were, you were um, 
doing stuff with them that he wishes as a younger man he had had the opportunity to pour into the lives of youth like I did. Do you understand what that meant to me? You could have given me a check for a a million bucks for that, and I would take that in a heartbeat. Why? Approval. There's part of us that, man, that approval means so much. He never said it to my face. We've never had a real talk like that because it's just not the way he sort of ticks. Fast forward a few years, um, and uh, we've got three kids. My house is loud wreck all the time because y'all know Noah because he's just a mess. There you are. And um, the Lord in 2007 puts it on our hearts to adopt. You know, and so we begin the process to adopt. I go to talk to my mom and dad about it. Now, they think we're nuts already because we have three kids and we look like we've lost our mind with three kids. And they're really concerned about the sanity of my wife. Not so much about me so much, just the sanity of my wife. And so they're, they, when I let them know, hey, Lord says, you know, and we, we agree with the Lord because that's what you're supposed to do, um, that we need to adopt. I remember my, my, my parents were like, oh. And I remember that same same feel, feeling of, ah. Uh, and I could tell, not that we were going to adopt was weird, that they just didn't think we could take on another kid and we were nuts was sort of the look that we got. And once again, the appro- approval of what I, you know, I love to get, especially from my dad, I didn't know if it was there or not. It took us three years to go in the process to adopt. And, um, and we would have little talks about it, but they weren't bad talks. They just weren't great talks. And I remember uh, near the end of the third year, as we were about to leave, we had depleted our bank account completely, but we were able to, to just about pay for it all. We were barely short, but we were going to figure out a way to make it work. We were like a, a grand short. It was two weeks before we were supposed to fly out. And we knew we, could, we had enough friends, we could find the money to get there. And in the mail, I got a letter from my dad. And it's, all it said was, just want to let you know that I am proud of what you, you are doing. And I su- support you all the way. And, and it was a check for two grand. He didn't know the need. God knew the need. God knew the need that we had for the, in the bank account. He knew the need for my heart to hear. And I remember I was so refreshed getting that approval. Is approval important to y'all at all? Man, it, it can be so important. And that's not, it's not a bad thing. It can be bad when those peers affect us to, to not live for Christ or, or like Christ. That's when it's bad. But there's times when you go, man, it can be a very good thing. And we're, we're going to look, while I'll tell you this, the appro- approval of my dad in my life has been very important to, just to me. But what's more important than that is the approval of God. And we're going to look at some text, a short part of text right here that talks about being approved by God. And that's what I want to be. With my life, above all else, as I'm finished and whenever this race is run and done, I want God to go, hmm, you did what I created you to do. That is the best thing that we can hope for. So we're going to be in the book of Second Timothy chapter 2. And I'm starting one way in this, and we're going we're to make a big twist here. So I need you all to hang with me just for a minute here. 1 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 14. Don't forget, he's writing to his son in the faith. Tim- Timothy's a preacher of the gospel, j- just like Paul. 
And he says some very important things to him. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read this text together. We're going to read from verses probably 14 to 19, I believe. And this is what it says. Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not, not to, to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it, is, it will lead pe- people into more and more ungod- ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity or sin. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank, we, thank, we, we thank you that there's even an opportunity for us to be approved by you. Lord, as we speak your truth, as we sit under your, your word, Lord, may we be sit as, as ones that are approved by you all the time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's two types of, of people in this world that are going to teach you and bring what they may say, the word of God or the truth of God. And can I tell you this? There's, there's someone who's going to do it the right way, and there are many that are going to do it the wrong way. Okay? And you have got to know which way is right and which way is wrong. And I can't spell it out for you exactly, give you a list, everybody who is in the wrong, but there are many that are. And one of the biggest fears I have in, as in 22 years I've had the opportunity to, to speak. I figured out I've, I've got almost 1,000 ser- sermons in my uh, online savings thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obscene amount. I mean, it's, it's gobs of them. Probably most aren't that great, but I've got them, okay? And the biggest fear that I have nowadays when I speak is not... My speech, because my speech used to be the biggest fear. I used to be like, oh, I don't want to speak in front of folks because I stutter and I, I look, you know, it's just, it's a pain. Y'all don't understand. Y'all hear me just, I joke about it a lot, but sometimes I'm kicking myself in the head when I'm just trying to spit out my name. You know, you're like, come on! That's what I'm trying to hold that in. But that's not my biggest fear by far nowadays. My biggest fear is found in verse 15 of what we just read. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. I wanna, when I teach you this, I want to get it right all the time. I, I want to get it right all the time, but can I tell you, there's probably not a man on this world that gets it right all the time, gets it all correctly right. We can try our best, but all of sin have come short of the glory of God. We all struggle, we, but... The way that you can, when someone teaches you the Word of God, you take the Word of God and you look and see if it, it supports what they've said. If this supports what they've said, you can probably trust it. If there's a big error where they say, hey, hey, you need to live your life this way, and the Word of God says, do not do that, for, for that is an abomination to God, you must understand that, that there's truth, 
And then there's what we call humanity that tries to make truth work. So one of the biggest fears I have is to correctly handle the word of truth. And anybody that I know, keep this in mind, wherever you go as you grow up, there's going to be many good men that will do it well that even may sometimes not quite get it right. Hopefully we do, hopefully I do, but, but sometimes they may just sort of miss a point or it may even just be said wrong where you misunderstand them. And so as we go into verse 16, 17, 18, it's not talking about those guys. It's not talk, talk, talking about the guys who take the word of truth and teach it with a pure heart's intent as the word of God the best they can. 16, 17, and 18, I, I want you to turn there and look at those again because that's sort of where we're going to look at. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight because I want you to be, be able to see the stuff and know that this stuff where they're talking about godless chat, chatter, uh, irreverent babble, it's, it's, it's everywhere in the society we live in today. And some cloak it as it's a very good thing, and it's not. Verse 16 again. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. Okay, so they're saying that the resurrection of the the body, not Jesus, but the rest of the church has already occurred at this point, and it's not. So they're teaching things that are false. And do you understand, if you've even seen preachers on TV, some are okay, but a lot of them are wacky. Do you understand that? I'm going to show you some clips of some guys, okay? And I'm showing this without hesitation as paul sort of calls out some names of some guys that have done it wrong i want you to to hear some clips there's one guy named rob bell and can i tell you this it's sad to me because 12 years ago or 15 years ago rob bell spoke some beautiful things about who god was and along the way there's something about man when man gets too much power and people around him begin to talk about how great he is. He tends to lose sight of who God is, and he sees himself as being bigger than he is. And I'm not sure what's occurred to, to Rob Bell, but I want you to see. And a lot of times, these false, they're false teachers is what they are. A lot of times, what they say sounds really good. A lot of what they say sounds really good, but all of a sudden, you'll see a twist in it. Rob, I'll just take a look at the first clip with Rob Bell on it. Maybe. For his evolving views about Christianity and the Bible. Bell and his wife Kirsten recently appeared with Oprah Winfrey on her Super Soul Sunday program where he suggested the Bible is irrelevant to today's culture. Take, take a look at this short clip. One of the oldest aches in the bones of humanity is loneliness. And it's one of the things that goes way, way back. Loneliness is not good for the world. And so... Whoever you are, gay or straight, it is totally normal, natural, and healthy to want somebody to go through life with. It's, it's central to our humanity. Yeah. We want someone to go on the journey with. When is the church going to get that? We're close, I, I think. I think it's evolving. I think mm -hmm. it's... Lots of people are already there. We think it's inevitable and it's, we're moments. A moment away. away from the church yeah, absolutely. accepting it. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Because as soon as you meet someone... 
And most of the time when people have resistance to this, and I say you, that... You, you think we're moments away. I think culture is already there. And the church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago as their best defense. When you have in front of you flesh and blood people who are your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and coworkers and neighbors, and they love each other and they just want to go through life with someone. Did y'all hear anything in that that sounded a little bit off? You know, the book of Second. Timothy is, is a, a letter from 2,000 years ago, one of them that he's talking about. When, when folks quote and believe they trust in letters from 2,000 years ago, if they can just get a grip and get past that stuff, then they're, they're going to start to be who they're supposed to be, is what Rob Bell says. Very sad. For, for many, they go, oh, he said some real good things. We all feel alone, and, and are, there's some really good things, but look out. False prophets. I think I may have had a definite a verse next. What verse? That, that, did, did I? Go ahead and stick it up there. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Next verse says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Another clip we're going to watch. Uh, and uh, I think I showed you all this one before about a year ago. Uh, and can I tell you this? Um, a lot of these clips are sad, and, and, and there's a little uh, quip on the end of this, uh, but you'll sort of understand why. But it, it's, it's, some might go, man, he just went there and he just bashed all the, these people. Sometimes we need to warn, warn you uh, of who is out there uh, and what is being said. I think you all seen this. This is Gloria Osteen right here. <laughs> I just want to encourage every one of us to realize when we obey God, we're not doing it for God. I mean, that's one way to look at it. We're doing it for ourselves. Because God takes pleasure when we're happy. That's the thing that gives Him the greatest joy this morning. So I want you to know this morning, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship Him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself. Because that's what makes God happy. Amen. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Sorry, that's just on that end of that one. And it fits so well. Can I tell you this? That's called selfishness when you do stuff just for you. And that never makes God happy. Okay? We, what we do, we live our life in honor of him. We glorify him. Why do we obey him? Because that's how we show our love to him. And that's where God is glorified. And, 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 and that... And do you know how many thousands of people listen and love what you just heard see teachings that are false will tick, tick tickle your ears that means it, it it'll it'll feel good as it comes in oh yeah i like that because i like to be happy ha- happy there's no one in this room that does not like to be happy there's a, a another clip 
and let's just, we might not do them all. So, but let's do the, the, got to put Joel in here, Joel Osteen. Just want you to see what he says. <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Hello. Hello, Larry. You're the best. And thank you, Joel, Joel, for your positive messages and your book. I'm wondering, though, um, why you sidestepped Larry's earlier question about how we get to heaven. Um, the Bible clearly tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and the only way that the Father is through him. That's not really a message of condemnation, but of truth. Yeah, I would agree with her. I believe that. So then that Jew is not going to heaven. No, I... I, I can't. Well, no, here's my thing, Larry, is I can't judge somebody's heart, you know. I don't know. Only God can look at somebody's heart. And so, I don't know. I just, to me, it's not my business to say, you know, this one is or this one isn't. I'm just saying, here's what the Bible teaches, and I want to put my faith in, uh, you know, in Christ. And I, I just, I think it's wrong when we go around saying, you know, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going, because it's not exactly my way. I'm just, I'm but not going to be the God. you believe your way. I believe my way. I believe my way with all my heart. But For someone who doesn't share it, well, it is wrong, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I mean, well... I don't know if I look at it like that. I would, I would present my way, but I'm just going to let God be the judge of that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So you make no judgment on anyone? No, but I... About atheists? No, I just... You know what? I let, I let someone... Let, I'm going to let God be the judge of who goes to heaven and hell. And I just, again, I present the truth. And I say it every week. You know, I believe it's a relationship with Jesus. But you know what? I'm not going to go around telling everybody else if, if they don't want to believe that that's going to be their choice God's got to look at your own heart God's got to look at your heart and only God knows that you believe there's a place called heaven I believe John fourteen six, Jesus said I'm the way the truth life no man's come to the father but by me he says a lot of things right there that are right you go oh yeah yeah okay so he's saying yeah yeah I believe Christ is is the way to God uh, but I'm, I'm not saying that for them it, it's not what they've got and and there's something wrong when you can't commit to what the gospel is the gospel isn't well it's just for some of you and the rest will find your own way up to the top of the mountain there's only one way to the top of the mountain and you cannot get there on your own it's only when you're being carried by jesus christ can you get to the top of the mountain you've got to look out for these things there's a we're going to skip the the next clip and um you know there's there's one more one more group that I, I could go through the names, but there's a thing called the prosperity gospel. And that is, if you will just give your life to Christ, your life will be better. And if you just tithe, God will give you tenfold of what you give to him, and you will be rich. And you, if you just have enough faith and you're sick, you will be healed. And you're not healed probably because you don't have enough faith. You just need to have more faith. There's a teaching that is out there that is a ramp, a ramp, a ramp, a ramp rampant about this and so we're not i'm not going to show you some clips of these guys there's a clip of a, a man named john piper as he's preaching about this as he talks about this and it's a little raw because christians if you're a believer in G, G, jesus christ first of all it's going to cost you there's going to be times it's going to be very hard and you're going to suffer just like everyone else in a lot of ways in this fallen world do good good people die for no reason at all there's a car wreck there's a dui there's a sickness there's all so we're, we're all affected by it and it's not because of your faith or not but there's some th- things that teach man if you just have more faith if you just give more to the church god will bl- will bless you no we're called to love god and how we obey him we may we give we serve we we love 
So take a look at this. But it's a little bit intense in the middle of it. It's only a two or three minute clip of John Piper. I don't know what you feel about the prosperity gospel, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, but I'll tell you what I feel about it. Hatred. It is not the gospel. And it's being exported from this country to Africa and Asia, selling a bill of goods to the poorest of the poor. Believe this message. Your pigs won't die. Your wife won't have miscarriages. You have rings on your fingers and coats on your back. That's coming out of America. The people that ought to be giving our money and our time and our lives. Instead, selling them a bunch of crap called gospel. And here's the reason it is so horrible. When was the last time that any American, African, Asian ever said, Jesus is all satisfying because you drove a BMW? Never. They'll say, Jesus give you that? Yeah. Well, I'll take Jesus. That's idolatry. That's not the gospel. That's elevating gifts above giver. I'll tell you what makes Jesus look beautiful. is when you smash your car and your little girl goes flying through the windshield and lands like dead on the street. And you say, through the deepest possible pain, God is enough. God is enough. He is good. He will take care of us. He will satisfy us. He will get us through this. He is our treasure. Whom have I in heaven but you and on earth? There's nothing that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart, my little girl may fail, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That makes God look As God, not as giver of cars or safety or health. Oh, how I pray that America would be purged of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, and that the Christian church would be marked by suffering for Christ. God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him in the midst of loss, not prosperity. The... Um I want us just to read this text one more time. Because the text is, is, is Paul, a preacher, speaking to a, a one who is young in a church, preaching, uh, telling him, I want you to be this guy and don't be like these guys. Be a true preacher of the word and not a false teacher of the word. And you go, well, I don't think God's ever called me to, to preach, so how does this really apply to me? God expects for you to sit under the one that's approved by him to teach the word of God. And when you grow up, when you go off to school, for, for some of you, you're going to be off at school in three months or whatever on your own. God expects for you to go, okay, I'm not just going to find a place that um, it's just sort of fun to be in. I really want to find a place where they teach the word of God and they handle it correctly. You're responsible to find the right place to grow. Uh, 
for some of you, you're like, I'm 12 or 13. Well, whenever you are on your own, you're responsible to find the right place to grow and look out because there's a lot of wolves that are out there. There are many that are out there. There's so much more I could have just sort of thrown names up. And, and as I even looked, you know, it's not someone, well, they just said one or two things wrong. They're saying 10 or 20 things wrong. It's just it's a repetitive issue, and that's where there's great concern in my heart. Look out who you place yourself under. And it, who, whoever you place yourself beneath to, to teach, including me, if you really want to be, a, you want to be approved by God in what you do, you better read the scriptures to yourself. Because I won't, hopefully I'm awful close even when I get it wrong. But I'm not going to have it right every time. But I'm doing my best. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for a different type of night, Lord. It's over to a, a warning for us. But Lord, help us to be aware what we allow to pour into our lives. Help us to, be, to thirst for your word, to, um, to fight and speak up your truth wherever we go. And when false things come our way, may we speak your truth uh, and do it to honor and glorify your name. God, I ask that you bless every person that's in this room, uh, Lord. And I ask in this way, Lord, that their homes will come to know you if they don't know you, that their brothers, sisters, parents, aunts, and uncles will walk in faith with you. And, Lord, wherever you lead them as time goes on, Lord, that they will be a power for you and you will place them in a, in a church or a mission field uh, where your name will be made great. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last thing, if you didn't get a t-shirt from the D now, I've got some in a box, so I'm going to head straight back there right now, uh, and I will get you your t-shirt from the D now. That's all we got. Y'all have a great week. Thanks, guys.